to enter the elf tree. Hi there, world. I'm Ian. And I'm Joe. And uh, welcome to the last episode of year one of Hi Dare. Oh, it is. It is. It's, it's episode 51. Um, we don't count these. We don't, we're not counting shows. No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> I mean, everybody in the world doesn't count their shows, right? Never. Nobody pays attention to that. Yeah, we, uh, we're kind of on the brink of hitting this anniversary show. Which is uh, quite interesting. We should just throw we a party. We have no idea what we're going to do about it. We should just party it up. We should. Like like the Barry Gibb top sh- talk show. Yes. Dude. Um, I wanted to, to give a couple shout outs right up to the front of the show. Because yeah. Joe and I went to uh, LA PodFest this weekend. Woo! And that was fun. I guess technically it's Audible Presents Los Angeles Podcast Festival 2015. That's fancy. It's technically... <laughs> <laughs> Um, they had a, uh, they had a, a short little video before every single show and it was, you know, which, you know, I guess it's, it's good. It's, it's kind of a consistency thing. You know, it's like the, it's like the event it, video pre- before every show, right? You know? It's the, it's the sponsor shout out like, you know, Hey, welcome to LA Podfest. And there were, there were definitely some lines that by the end of it, were getting audience participation. Everyone uh, memorized. They did. Um, but I mean, this is fourth year. I didn't know it was going that long. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, well, uh, podcast movement in Dallas or in uh, in Fort Worth this past year, it was the second year. Uh, and this one's got four years now. So do you think, like, is it year five where it becomes like, a, okay, now we're hitting anniversary points, you know? Like, we're talking about episode 52 is monumental. But do you think for, like, a festival, like yeah. year five and then year 10... 15 years. I would say 10, you know? you know, I mean, I don't know. I, yes, five's a big, big deal to me, but, um, as far as milestone, like pop some champagne, I mean, maybe pop some champagne, but like put up, put together a big, big deal. Like that's why I, I never understood, uh, couples who had, you know, one month anniversaries and six month <laughs> anniversaries. And oh dude, I can't do it. Like, I can't do no, it. I can't, hand, I mean, can't handle one it. year I can get, yeah, I get it, you know, but then just like 17 and a half month anniversary. Well, it's I was just like, come on. <laughs> I mean, I, you know what? Power to the people who do that within their own relational boundaries. Right. But like when other people have to now celebrate someone else's anniversary but don't milestones, it's kind of like, we all I mean, do. I guess it's Nobody nice to go happy six month anniversary. <laughs> well, I guess it's like a, 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 a shout of encouragement from the people around you that are like, yeah, way to go. You guys keep going because life is hard. And I'm sure you guys want to wring each other's necks half the time. No, I doubt that. I doubt people think that far into it, dude. I That's don't think true. people give two shits. They're like, oh my God, it's so cute. Like, and then they move on. That's it. <laughs> here's the gift card. Yeah, here's the gift card. Oh, gosh. Here's some cookies. <laughs> um, shout out to um, John. Let me see. Hold on. I, I have the other, uh John Leguizamo. And oh, uh, like no, no, no. John, John Ponder and... Uh, Tracy Patton. Um, I met them that first day at the at the happy hour, and they gave me a card for their uh, their podcast, Hollywood and Crime. Yeah, which we is watched yeah, it. yeah. Well, we uh, we popped on the because so far they've got a four, like a four and a half minute or something. Yeah, like it's that. like a demo little, uh, demo mm-hmm. version on, and it's it was great. It was great. It's a it's a very produced, acted kind of scripted, but. Uh, uh, story kind of gives you a little teaser of the Black Dahlia murders. So yeah. this is going to go through like true crime stories um, in this like very, 
you know, uh, radio formulation, you know, a formulated radio type of way. It's, it, it looks pretty good. It's it almost like, good, uh, I, guess I should say closing your eyes. If you're watching a true crime television show, it's like closing your eyes and just listening <laughs> to it. And they give you all the sound effects, all the talking about coming up on a scene. All of a sudden they, they uh, formulate. I need to talk yeah. to you about this uh, particular murder. All right, let's roll the body over. Yeah, you, know, you right, hear right. all the people around oh talking. Oh my god, dude! You know, it's 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 very much like what you do in uh, in Millie McCormick to an extent. It, yeah. yours is very much more improv based than theirs is. They've mm. got you know writers and they produce. You know, they, they they spend some money on this. I mean, it would be. I mean, it's technically what super. <laughs> and yours ego- is just cheap. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm yeah. Kidding. It's free. It's, um, it's, but it is improv, so there's a big difference. Definitely, and I'm untrained, so it's a fucking challenge. And I, I, I love it. I mean, that's I love seeing Super Ego last night because yeah, it was it gave me kind of the insight of okay, there's a lot of stuff in here that I know they're going to edit out, or they should edit out for me. You know? But then again, whoever's editing it is going to come up with their own way to interpret that out to the listener. They had a very good balance between the. Uh, improv-based podcast type of stuff that they were doing and the improv-based live show that just happened to be their setting. Yeah. You know, you got to kind of do a, a, a an improv show like that uh, for your audience. But then they were also recording it and they'll probably add in, you know, uh, like the, the guys were saying, you know, sound effects and, and Foley and things like that. Yeah. So it, it should be a, a pretty good show by the end of it. They did it had a really good balance. Which I was uh, super stoked to have met, I went to, okay, so the whole event went the whole weekend. Yeah, Friday, um, Friday night, Saturday, all day, and Sunday, all day. But I went out Thursday night. There was a, uh, there was a show, a couple of podcast, live podcast shows at the Hollywood Improv, and I met Dylan Lundquist there. Nice, uh, yeah, yeah, He came yeah. in, he flew down here from, uh, so shout out Dylan, uh, his bro, Niles. Niles. Um, Nils? Just met Nils. Man, I couldn't even. I would say Niles, Nils. I mean, it could be Nils. I think it's yeah, Niles. Yeah, see, but I think there's a character in Rescue Me whose name's Nils. Oh, okay. And that's how they pronounce it. So I don't know. I I apologize, but these two dudes were were awesome. They yes. deserve they deserve a shout out. Yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. But they, I met uh, Dylan at the Hollywood Improv, and then we kind of got to hang out with them a little bit. Yeah. But they introduced uh, me to the Super Ego Show. Yeah, I know they, we looked into they it. They drew prior, our but- they drew our attention to it because mm-hmm. we we had looked at it and thought we were going to go to uh, the Todd Glass show. Which we did. Which we did. We we did go to the Todd Glass show, and then we we slipped in for the last like forty minutes. It was a, it was a good little chunk of super ego. Yeah, dude. Speaking of Todd Glass, shout dude. out to that guy. He I <laughs> loved his show. Dude. His show was incredible. Well done. I well was done. there. It's for the ADD from, human being. It is. I, I mean, he he in. seems to very 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 much suffer from like the the bing 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 attention <laughs> deficit. Like, cause that's me. That's totally me in in my everyday. Um, but. What I loved about that show is that it he was on from the get-go. From yeah. the very first time that dude in the band was like, one, two, one, two, and the band started. Dude, he had me fooled up front. He was yelling at the band I like that was he great. looked pissed. I need you to pick it up. Yeah. Pick it the fuck up. Yeah, just yelling at was, the band. Yeah, he was just yelling at the band. <laughs> but I it was this whole medley of of songs that had been rewritten to like be about the Todd Glass show yeah. and everything. So like that's a whole he created a live spectacle show. I wonder how much of his actual uh you know his actual recorded shows are like that that's the thing is i need to now go listen to his other yeah. stuff because I, I don't mean, know if he is... put this together specifically for this event like that right or if his whole show is just a bunch of bells and whistles and him and the guy on stage with him playing the 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 jingles from the laptop mm-hmm. like yeah it could be just the two of them but you know what that if it is 
kind of a big spectacle thing uh, every morning, it'd be like Kid Craddock and and any of those morning radio shows, K Rock. I mean, these people they do all this stuff and they are they were crazy and wacky and zany, you know, kind of on the air every morning because yeah. you got to get that that energy up. So yeah, they're. I mean, I'm I curious. think it's a it's a it's an excuse for psychos like <laughs> well to get together in a room because really like. To be on the radio like yeah, that, I mean Eddie Pepitone and Todd Glass were like that was a lot of energy. It was on that amazing. Stage. They are they are both crazy individuals when it comes to their performances. That was great. And I say psychos in a positive way, like just Jerry. be yourself and not like if you're a psycho and you kill people, don't yeah. be yourself and go kill people. Don't, right, don't right, hurt people. Right. But I, no, they're like they just explode what is in their head at all times, and they feed right. off each other's. Um, personality and accept what each give right to the situation right. it's great they all they all understand that i think you know to do comedy you have to have uh, a little bit of insanity you know kind of in in your own head you got to be a little bit nuts because you're looking at things in a different way and yeah. you're shining different lights on things already and that's what's funny about a lot of clever comedy especially recently you know um the some of the funniest jokes uh we saw with special guest Lauren Lapkus live which was great it was a great show cuz it was her and her three group mates from the mm-hmm. the improv sketch group Wild Horses so yeah. i mean they were going to be on you knew they were going to be on from the get go cuz they they're a team they they work together a lot well it, it was a they essentially <laughs> on that show Lauren Lapkus is the host of the show but she's not so right. she ha- whoever her guest is they literally become whatever they want and then tell her who she is on the yeah, show. Yeah, it's essentially they are the host of their own show each week. You know, it's a brand mm. new show. So it's cool. It's like it's like listening to a pilot episode of a new show. Yeah, they improvise out. Week. But they, yeah, in this instance, they became, it was basically three girls, three young girls in a slumber party like with 12, the older sister girls. coming yeah. in to be their guest, which was Lauren. And right. they, she ended up going down the, the road. Of there, there, gro- was, there was some, some rather adult, you know, uh, themes for a 13. But again, <laughs> There probably isn't, you know. I mean, thirteen-year-old sleepovers nowadays, man. I mean, you don't think they're talking about finger banging and and all that well, kind of stuff. Well, the age of the internet, lesbianism. Yeah, I mean, dude, this is all this is all probably real, and it's you know what. Well, they're girls. They were girls describing this out, knowing well, damn well what they were. Well, women, but they were they were playing these characters that they grew up being at some point, you know, they were, they surrounded themselves in those kinds of environments. Like when, if you were a 13 year old girl, like, you know what you were like at 12, right? Yeah. You, so you knew how much you knew on sex or whatever at all the different ages. Right. It's the same with them. They're sitting there just going. But I don't off think of, they were recounting things no, as if they, you know, no, they were. They they are grown. Well, they are grown women that are like, you know, they 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 are thinking fast enough and a, and clever enough to create this mini little world for this show yeah. in which they are thirteen year olds talking about the some some of the things that twenty nine year olds talk about. You know, all you know, women in their twenties and everything having those same kinds of conversations as thirteen year olds. I think it was yeah, a, it was a great. But to a degree, I'm sure there are plenty out there that. That do have those conversations it's, and worse it's true but you know what i i, I don't know I, dude I, have I, you ever sat and listened to people talk on video games the way they talk to each other oh my god no i know because i you keep bringing up uh that there exists in this world like whole <laughs> youtube channels where people will sit and watch 
watch others play game video play, games yeah. on YouTube. I'm like, no, come on. PewDiePie. That's Are how he made his living. Yeah, his I mean, mills. it's just ridiculous. His thrills know. and mills. It's just weird. But yeah, kids, uh, they have some of the most foul mouths you'll ever, you'll ever hear. It's true. Uh, but in a good way, because that means they're rabid and they're ready for some freedom and the world they live in is fucked. So I also have this pin. Sorry, I'm just going to, there's one more, one more thing from podcast. I have this pin from a, a, a guy. I don't actually remember his name off the top of my head, um, but his podcast is called Thank You Internet. Nice. Um, but you know, I mean, it's a, it's a cool little button um, that, you know, he's, this dude, Oh, they were on his hat, right? They were on his hat yeah. all weekend. I mean, he was like handing them out to people. Um, but this guy, in every show I saw him in, he ans- he asked at least one question. Yes. You know, did. so he was very active. Um, again, he does have a show like this, um, and he's trying to, he's out there, he's out there, you know, hound dogging it. He's, yeah. he's, he's running the race, and he's doing a, a, a solid effort. You know, I mean, we didn't. I mean, you asked one question in one of the panels. Yeah, and it was, uh, what's some of the weirdest fetishes you've come across? Because we were watching a right. panel with Bonnie Rotten, who Bonnie was Rotten. bad. I mean, I, I've great. never, I don't know any of her work. I know who she is. Right. She's a retired porn star. Amazing person, dude. Yeah. Just ballsy yeah. as shit. And you say retired. People are going to think that she might be, you know, in her 40s retired. She's 22 years old. Yeah, that puts a whole spin on it's it. It's so weird, right? It I mean, just crushes she, my whole reality. So, of life. I mean, she's had she's had uh, you know her career in in the adult film industry, and she's she's like evolving her career. So she's she's retired from performing at 22 years old, yeah. which is ridiculous to me. That's that's you know, but the show was great. The show was you know designed to um, out of the box talk about topics in a in a slightly out of the box fashion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. I love stuff like that. that was it's a great honest show. conversation without any boundary. You're yeah. literally learning and immersing yourself in someone else's reality. Like mm. that like most people in life like we grow up, oh, porn, don't look at porn. It's but bad. everybody yeah, yeah, fucking right. has looked at porn. Like right. not everybody, you can't say that, but the majority of people don't even realize how much work goes into that whole field. Yeah. of it's a everything's a business. It is all a business. It's fascinating to me. Yeah. And not to like segue into this from that, because it's completely two opposite polar end deals. <laughs> but I do want to give a shout out to the church sisters well, who sent yeah. me a CD. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, no, 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 we're doing shout outs. It's that's on the same thing. And then suddenly you whip it around and we go from porn. Well, to I know sisters, that's the, that's so, the reason. You know, sorry. I just knew we were going to move on from the segment. I'm sorry, ladies giving shout outs. Yes. This yeah, ha- sorry, sorry about ladies. that. Um, but we yeah, should just, you should just send them a link that's just from this point in the show on. <laughs> Don't send them the whole front. I half won't of the give show. them the front half. Either. No. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, but yeah, they sent me their latest uh, project called uh, Virginia is for Lovers. I believe that's the name of it. Um, but uh, it, or that just it's on the license plate of the cover. What's the what's the what's on the the spine of it? Is there anything written on the spine? Oh, let's just see. No, I, it may be self titled. Just. Okay, so yeah. it's the, the Church Sisters. It's a is it a full length album? It is a full length. It's twelve tracks. But I co wrote a song, uh, track five, "Love Will Be Enough." Yeah, um, dude, your name's on it and everything. Yeah, I co wrote that with Brandon Heath and Dave Barnes a couple of years back. It's it's on my first full well my first second full length album. Uh, the song is the way it goes. Yeah, I tracked nice. it. Uh, okay, okay, it's the last track on that one. But oh, okay, okay. <laughs> they, that same song. They sent me this sweet letter with it that says, "Joe, hope you enjoy this." Dot dot dot. Don't laugh too hard. Love the twins. Nice. So, How do you know these people? Uh, I toured with them back in 2012 when I was playing with Brandon. Nice. The, oh, okay. Um, That's what you did say that. Yeah, we did a we did a national tour and uh, yeah, they were the opening act. Badass freaking folk band, dude. Oh, Unbelievable nice. singers. Nice. 
the sweetest people on the planet. Nice. So shout out to them, the whole family. You know what? Um, Sarah, Savannah, you guys are badasses. Nice. And sorry that I intermingled you right after uh, the previous topics. So, But yeah. still, shout out Bonnie Rotten. <laughs> shout out to Bonnie Rotten. She was beautiful too. So, um, all right. Oh, um, one more thing that I had on PodFest. Yeah. Yeah. Just a suggestion. And I know they had the Squarespace room where people could go in and podcast <laughs> live. Yeah. yeah. It was a very tiny room. Oh, right, right, right. But people, uh, nonetheless, people put it to use and put some badass podcasts out there. I'm sure they're badass podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought of this idea while I was taking Maddie out for a piss and a poop. Uh, between the shows, because there was some downtime, after you get out of one podcast show, you usually have like, we'd have like 30 minutes between the, you know, that one and the next one. Right. Uh, but I thought it would be a great idea if they next year, and I'm just suggesting it, doesn't mean it has to even be taken into any consideration or listened to. He's, uh, he's already putting disclaimers in front of his suggestion. <laughs> Nobody's listening anymore. Uh, if you twist our arm, Hi Dare may do this. But we thought it um, would be cool if, or I thought it would be cool, uh, came up with this idea. Pop and Talk Podcast. I was going to say, man, let's fucking hear it, dude. Pop and Talk Podcast, which would be only between the shows. So whoever was on the previous pod, you know, in there, yeah. literally could just come in, I think open to only the hosts of the shows to just pop in if they want to, to, uh, you know, like you and I would start between each show and just like say whoever the hosts are, uh, it can be anybody, but then randomly people could just pop in after their show was done and just sit down and just chill, drink a, t- drink a beer, like have a beverage waiting for the hosts when yeah. they're done with their shows. And they just pop in and uh, talk about how their shows went and talk okay. about the crowd, maybe what they think of the whole event and kind of their experiences going on. And and, and this would be for whose podcast? It would just be for the LA Podfest. It like would be a podcast Pod for, Fest. yes, it would just okay. be the in-between parts that they could maybe just give away as free content uh, cool. along with, you know, because they do all the live streaming Well, that would stuff. be something that we, I was going to say, we should we should see if we could develop and do for them. I would totally do. Yeah, that. yeah, that would be we that would have. be good. So, however, I will make a comment based on the the Squarespace uh, podcast lab. Mm-hmm. Now, to be honest, we didn't actually go in there um, uh, to record. I, you know, I we didn't have stuck, lab coats. Yeah, I mean, I stuck my I stuck my head in, but it seemed as if it was in a room um, not much bigger than this one. And don't make fun of my room, man. Come no, on. no, no. What I'm saying is, in a <laughs> <clears throat> podcast lab um, where the uh, kind of the thought is where people can go and set up their stuff and everything like that. Um, for it to be in a fairly bit, you know, uh, you know, medium sized, but opened up uh, conference room type yeah. of place where everybody's just setting up on the same table, talking to each other. <clears throat> I'm curious to hear some of these people's shows and, and how it all sounded. Uh, Cause to me, it did not seem all that appealing because there's going to be a lot of bleed from all these different shows. So I just kind of wondered um, if, you know, having a, a, a whole separate room next year um, that might have cubicles or something like that. Something with like partitions, something that can damage or even curtains, like uh, dampen the sound and, and th- things like that. You know, I just thought a, about it, the, it was uh, just an execution comment. Um, but you know, yeah. the rest of the the rest of the the festival, I thought was pretty great. One of the things I thought would be awesome was okay because they did the the little a- after party last night. Yes, the which Squares, we, uh, they did sponsor that as well. 
We, we, you know, we went and chilled out for a little bit. It was yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, thanks, Squarespace, for throwing that for us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for um, providing our podcast to the world for almost a year. Yeah. We, well, you know what? Actually, congratulations, Joe. I will say that this, calendar-wise, is our one-year birthday. Yeah, dude, I mean, today, yeah. today, a year ago, our first episode went up, and it was- uh, Oh, my God. Full walrus, yes. Let's roll a clip. The you know? advent of, of or the- expansion of technology has only just made that easier for us to gain as much knowledge as we fucking want. We sit here and yep. smoke weed and we're like, I wonder this, I wonder that. And we have a phone in our hands. Yep. We can literally look up everything that we want. I know. I just had a phone in my hand, literally. <clears throat> you did. When you said that, I'm embarrassed. It's okay. That's all right, I'm man. I'll pick it up for the rest of the show. <laughs> but we need to. We need to be able to... Uh, that was a... That was a nice little ding yeah, sound. A little ding, yeah. ding, ding, yeah. Um, but soothing. I mean, that's nice. the, those are like some fucking wow. green, green ass podcasters that is right green. there. Yeah. I feel like the Hulk. Um, <laughs> oh no, that uh, was uh, that was the pirate. From no, Spongebob. you'd have to be a little more. Uh, what's his name? D'Onofrio? No, no, that's, um, that's what's his name? Wilson he played Fisk. The, uh, played Mark the Ruffalo. Hulk. Ruffalo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude, that guy's cool as shit. He is. Um, yeah. Uh, I, oh, the round tops. They had those round tops that there were the tall tables that you could go up to. Just those little round like tables. Like little cocktail tables. Yeah, a little cocktail. Yeah. A room with a the bunch cocks. of those. My uh, my brother's listening right now. He'll know what I with uh, nice. the cocks when we would set up at the atrium. The, oh, those nice. cocktail tables. But the ones we had at the atrium weighed a, oh, uh, 50, 60 pounds at least. Ooh. I mean, they were heavy. You don't want to move that around. They were heavy fuckers. And we usually had to do <laughs> six of them, bring them across from the other building. Oh, damn. Uh, you know, like either carry them. We usually get a, this. Uh, rolling dolly that we could fit two on at a time, but that nice. was just you hated seeing the cocktail tables on the the setup. So I I sympathize with the people at the Sofitel who had to yeah. set up for that. Um, Shout to them, thanks you know, for. But you know what, they are great tables for for that kind of event. You can stand and they'll eat and yeah, and, you know, then yeah. be on with your day. And and it's it's casual. You can walk up and walk away from them. No yeah. chairs around them. I mean, I thought that would be a cool way to do that kind of room is have. Just tall tables separated yeah. out yeah. all in a room and people could just oh. go up and make their own stations. There you go. Yes. And, you know, I just feel like that yeah. would be a little more with, of a comfortable with, again, environment. Again, with curtains, I think that could totally be done. And you dampen out sound, you, you know, have a little sign-in sheet. Or we could just fucking be professional and sit at the table with the big boys and, you know, just bleed over into each other's shows. And, and, and I mean, you know, <laughs> just we're not, again, not necessarily complaining. It's just a thought. You know, we yeah. we were there mostly to observe, I think. So it's not it's not anything that we were planning on doing and going to do and then didn't do because of the, right. the way it was no, set no, up. No. It was just that, again, it was just a comment. You know, if uh, if Graham, Chris, Dave, or Andy actually uh, hear this, you know, just uh, those are just some thoughts. Just some well, thoughts. Well done on everything else. The the film was great. Earbuds. Yeah, was, uh, dude. Way to go. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that there is an actual official documentary out there now, you know, about podcasting and, and made by podcasters, yeah. not made by, you know, a reporter or CNN or something like that examining podcasting because they're going to, everybody's going to be like, everybody's going to focus on Serial. Serial was was not really referenced uh, from what I remember of the film. Like it's it's just not. Podcasting oh, yeah. for podcasters is not because of serial. It's because of the the, the interpersonal connections between some of these shows. Do, do you remember the, there was that show that was on Keith and the Girls? Been on for ten yeah, years. Yeah, they're dude, on like two thousand nine hundred episodes. Or something I've heard of the like show, that. but I didn't know that's what they had been doing all this time. Yeah, I mean, some of these people have been doing and listening to these shows for a long, long time from all over the world. I mean, we've got listeners from all over the world, don't we? That's true, man. We okay. Here's, we uh, we got a lot from from Cali, a lot from the United States, I imagine. A lot from the U.S. 
But some of uh, some of our top listeners have come from Beijing, China. No way. Freaking Beijing. Are you kidding me? It's probably a nice, white, white person. I'm kidding. Well, but it, you know what? It might be, but at the same time. Or Mexican. In my, in my trip to China, we went over there um, with the, with the uh, air quotes expressed intent to, to talk to college kids and everything out there at some of the universities because they talk to white people because they want to learn English. Yeah. And they just, so they just have conversations. And so we went over there, you know, and it's like, oh, we'll take this opportunity to share the gospel and this and that. But they just wanted to talk. So yeah. I would imagine if they are listening to podcasts, if we've got a lot of people in China, perhaps people are learning uh, learning English. I mean, conversational dude, English because of our show. It's pretty badass. So we have people from China, New York, California, Texas, lots of California, Wait. UK, Australia. Are you reading these in order? Not in order. This okay, is just okay, a cluster okay. of all the okay. different places. Netherlands. Say, is China our top? Nice. Mexico. Shout out Mexico. Yeah. Um, Joe's homeland. Yeah, my home. Uh, Virginia. Uh, more Mexico. Uh, Indiana. Illinois. Colorado. Spain. Whoa. Japan. Minnesota. New Jersey. Chile. <laughs> I mean, dude, shout out to everyone. Japan? <laughs> I mean, come on. Minnesota. Yeah, you composed yourself. Japan, Minnesota. There's a place called Japan. <laughs> well, that's not. There's probably Japan, Texas. No, but it's cool. It's like it just. I ended up looking at this stuff just from one of the locations that we capture algorithms of our listeners or whatever, and I was pretty blown away by it. Ooh, I man. I didn't really recognize our listener base was that stretched out. So we, we went live on, uh, on Periscope just a minute ago and we had like 19 people watching our, our, our video for the, you know, we, we were on for like and two and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to all of you people who are diving into the stuff we're doing. Yeah. Let's see if I can pick this up. Let's see. Okay. So, um, we got, oh, it's loading the viewers right now, but, but you know, your internet's very slow. I know the internet here is atrocious. So I apologize for that. Araya snark, which is, which is will cut. Um, Shusha, Shuha, Attila. I, I'm sorry. Don't I'm, even. C S U H A is the first name. C S U S. C S U H A. Shua, 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 Shua. But it's not. It's Usha. Uha. Kusha. So sorry. And then Rob Garcia, Bruh-ha-ha. CPA. Those are those are the, some of the people. There were 19 people that watched this live. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's bizarre. So, you know, shout out, shout out to everybody, uh, who watched us on Periscope. We're yeah. going to, we're going to try and do that be- before each, uh, show from now yeah, on. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do it more often. We'll, uh, pop in and be sexy for you as sexy as we can be. I mean, I don't even know what that means. What do you do on Periscope? Do you, you take your shirt off, dude? All right. Done. I'm too sexy <laughs> for my shirt. <laughs> One of the sponsors as well for the LA podcast was Sideshow Network and speaking of cereal. They had this thing that said, I listen to podcasts before cereal. They were giving nice. away free stickers. Nice. Yeah, so I mean, I that's, that that's the, it's, it's not the general consensus. I don't think anybody walks around saying that, <clears throat> especially not at podcast uh, festivals. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, there are a group of people that knew what podcasts were before mainstream media acknowledged what podcasts were. Yeah. Although it is nice because, you know, now our parents and grandparents know what a podcast is. That's true. Though, I mean, I don't know. you know what? My grandma's actually started asking me <clears throat> about, about, about the shows. No, no, no. About, about you know, if if she wanted to listen to the shows or whatever. And I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know. What to, it's not, I don't know what to do. But I mean, I, I, 
I've sent I've sent the link to my cousin Taylor, so I know he has it. And I I said, oh, I'll I'll send it to Taylor. You know, I I know he has it, but I don't know if he's if he you know has let her listen to it or anything like that. Do you that. think he he would enjoy it? Taylor? Yeah. Um yeah, I think I think if he if he gave it a shot and has has you know listens to it on a regular basis, he might he might enjoy it. But for the same reasons that my brother enjoys it, that yeah. your sister enjoys it, that Dylan sisters. enjoys it, sisters enjoy it. Um fuck you, man. You got more fans than <laughs> Look, I do. I don't want any of them to get jealous and think that hashtag I wasn't. team me and hashtag team Joe. Who's oh, got more shit. followers? Let's reach out on Twitter. Let's uh let's get the phones. Is there any money interacting with us on Twitter right now, Joe? Let's just find out. Probably not. Well, I asked I asked Wilcut too, but she's not going to. Jennifer Wilcut, don't be such an ass. She's um You should totally interact. She interacts with us all the time when we're not on that's the true. show. That's true. She does. She does. But when we're on the show, she just goes dark. <laughs> she's That's uh, bullshit. You know, I don't know. I can understand because we're, we're- She might be being responsible. We're know, vultures. Like a responsible we pick, we pick employee. Upon, well, that, I mean, that's the thing. What you're saying is it is like one of those weird things like, do, do I tell my grandmother about my show? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about some crazy shit sometimes and it's- Yeah. We're being yeah. ourselves and trying to just be- I mean, we've talked about this, but it is a- It doesn't- I don't think it'll ever stop being a thing where you'll encounter something like that, where someone's like, so what kinds of things, like specific topics do you guys cover? And right. the only way to, to get into that is just anything from politics to corruption to, uh, to the beauty of fucking fixing stuff, you yeah. know, like a ways for humanity, us involved. Cause we want to be involved. Yeah. I want to be a part of the, that's why we're involved with podcasts. It's like a, it's like a cutting edge platform that we're a part of. I feel, yeah. um, well, it's a, it's a blossoming, yeah. it's a blossoming environment. It's a blossoming stage. You know, I mean, again, the show yesterday, the Todd Glass show, like it, that was a, a whole new podcasting experience. And yet that's not a new way to do a show in the slightest. So, um, it's, it's just this medium, <coughs> it's this medium for people to, to get on and be real and to, to talk about things, um, in exactly the way that they want to talk about him. Horatio Sands, uh, sorry, Aisha Tyler's show, Girl on Guy, had Horatio Sands on. Horacio. Horacio Sands. Um, and she is very unapologetic uh, unapologetic about her show and about the fact That's the key. That, that she's a woman. Uh, unapologetic. That loves things that are typically, stereotypically male-driven, you know, cigars, uh, whiskeys, dick and fart jokes, sports, you know, things like that. Like she's, she was up there just being one of the guys, I, I, I think. And, and, you know, she just, just chat, chit chatting with somebody she'd never met before. So it's, uh, it's, that's the thing. It's, it's an unapologetic uh, conversations. And that is scary to some people. And it can be alarming if that's not how you talk to your grandma, you know, (laughs) you're not going to have this, you know, you're not going to mention, uh, the (laughs) Lauren Lapkus, it is one of those things. You just kind of have to be there in the conversation. And for those who like those kinds of things, yeah, it's amazing. But those who want to be in the conversation to interact in it, yeah, these kinds of shows may be a little bit, whoa, this is out of the box and, you know, quote unquote, you know. It's, you know what, we're, we've decided to inject ourselves into a community of people that, you know, again, Dylan and his brother, like they are podcast fans. They did not come to LA PodFest with a show um, or to my knowledge, the desire to start a show. They just listened to all these shows. They were fans of all these shows. Um, You know, I mean, they knew they knew all these episodes of Super Ego and they knew all the, you know, they, they just, they listen to these shows and it means something to them. And so they spent some money and, and I guess they didn't use vacation time because they just came over a weekend, but no, I know, think it they was, came I think down. 
Well, I think, uh, I think Dylan takes, like he does two trips a year. I think one, he usually does Bonnaroo. (laughs) Sorry. I don't mean to like, I know, I know so much about him, Ian. Yeah. Yeah. He told me all his secrets. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Secrets. No, but it it was awesome to go, fuck. Like he's not in a, they're not in podcasts. They listen. They're like the fans of it and they're willing to go just like anyone would fly to go see a concert to see the people they love. Right and interact and be immersed in that world for a weekend and just get away, you know? Well, it did. Exactly. It was a, an opportunity to take an extended weekend trip and, and enjoy greatly seeing some things that you're already a fan of. And for the record, if they had a podcast, I'd probably listen to it. It'd be pretty cool. They, they were some, they were some cool Canadian dudes. Mm -hmm. Not that the Canadian part was necessary (laughs) for me to like, it's not like, no, it's necessary. Classifying them. It's necessary. No, I'm kidding. Now, I Canada love rules. Canadians. I, I've, yeah, I mean, everybody who's ever talked about Canada, Canada rules. So I've, I, I look forward to my first trip. We live every country on this planet. Hi, Dare does. We so let's do. just make that official right now. Yeah. We love everybody equally. We don't have a favorite. Quit <laughs> asking us to pick them. We will not pick <clears throat> one. But I can tell you it's not. I'm not going to say it because I don't want anybody to feel inferior. Um, um, so I came across an Intercept uh, article. Um, titled the Teflon toxin goes to court. Teflon is a material. Teflon is, Uh, is the nonstick material that's on pans and stuff, right? Pons. Yes. Peter Pons. Pons. But uh, right. It's the, it's nonstick. Yes. So I I thought I would just read you this short little article and anywhere you want to interject. And if you have things, uh, DuPont went to court this week, defending its use of C8. Now, wait a minute, DuPont. Sorry, this is f- oh, okay. first line in. I got a question. Let's do um, this. DuPont is a, they're an oil company, no? It's, well, they've bought up Conoco. So okay, okay. they so kind they of acquired purchased. other things. They were like, um, they were a munitions company, weren't they? They were, they started That's out right. as a gunpowder making yeah. munitions yeah, yeah, yeah. company. I, I watched the movie um, Fox Catcher. Catcher. Fox Catcher with, yeah, yeah, with uh, Channing Tatum and uh, and Steve Carell. It was great. And Steve great Carell's uh, nose piece. Really good movie. It was actually one of the first times I, I recognized that I was watching a character piece while I was watching this movie. It was not about the movie in, in as a whole for me, but Steve Carell's exploration of this this man, this character, was fascinating to watch. Uh, Creepy really as good. Mother F. Yeah, but I heard in there that, you know, I mean, he, he was buying tanks, you know, as part of, you know, in part of the movie. I so, mean, dude, yeah, so yeah. insane. Okay. So DuPont was founded in 1802 by Ilethri Irene DuPont. I don't know exactly how that's spelled Where, or pronounced. In I'm America? just kind of going. No, no, no. This was in Francois, France. Uh, using capital Fra- raised I was in say France. Francois is Frank, I believe. Franc. I believe that's, that's Franc or Francis. It's, Francis is what, is what Francois is. Francis Cobain or Cobain or Francis Bean. Francis Bean. Francis Bean Cobain. I think that's Who? her name, right? Oh, the uh, girl, Kurt Cobain's the little, daughter. Little daughter. Yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to Francis. <laughs> Um, yeah, they were a gunpowder machinery company, okay. but they became like, they're based, they ended up moving here during the French, the family ended up moving, the DuPont family moved here during the French revolution. Of course they did. Um, yes, exactly. Because where can they, we expand our business? Where can we flee to? <laughs> exactly. So Things they went are to, hot when the, when the, <laughs> the going gets tough. It's so true. You know? yeah, when war is, when the going uh, gets tough, the ones with money bail. Yes, exactly. They need more sandwich shops over in America. Nah, let's make ammunitions for war. Um, so Wilmington, Delaware uh, uh, is where they set up two years after he and his family left France. Um, so it began as a gunpowder company. In the 19th century, it became the largest supplier of gunpowder in, um, in the United States military, supplying Whoa. half the powder used by Union... 
by the Union Army during the American Civil War. No way. Wait, wait, yeah. wait. How much? 50%? It says half the powder. It doesn't oh say a specific God. number. Okay. I'm sure there's numbers. Well, but, but yeah, half the powder. Holy cow. Yeah. So they basically had a mill site called the Euler. So they had, they had a very vested interest in that war continuing. Oh, dude. Anybody working in a company that sells munitions. Yes, right. This oil, is like anything. Halliburton all over again. You've got to have war. If you're going to freaking oh. have a, someone buying your product, you have jack shit. If you I, don't have war. Ironically, shout out to the dollop real quick. I mean, this is going to be a show full of podcasts that everybody should go listen to, give a couple episode, you know, try mm-hmm. to, but the dollop, uh, what was that? Saturday night did a show, um, that was, uh, they basically went through from beginning to end the lives of John Wilkes Booth, Abraham Lincoln and this guy, uh, oh, Corbett. Okay. Um, you know, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, it was all during this period that you're talking about the civil war and everything like mm-hmm. that. So that's just what reminded me. Shout out to the, which dog. was a amazing episode. Whenever that comes out, it's worth a listen. Yeah, for sure. it, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So DuPont basically was behind, uh, figuring out plutonium based bombs, which, are like atomic bombs and stuff. Okay, yeah. They were uh, very much a part of the Manhattan Project during yeah, World War II. Of course. Um, of course, munitions, yeah. Yeah, and so that's the thing. When I was reading this article, I was thinking about that, like thinking of who they were as a company because I dug into it. I was like, they they were creating some really dangerous ass shit. Yeah. Like this is terroristy ass shit. It is. I don't know how else to think about it. It's it like is. the only reason it was not looked upon as being a terrorist type of thing is because the mainstream whoever was hyping all of this stuff and was, they became this institution. Like, yeah, I mean it was it was presented to people like you know we are doing this to prevent world war. We got to keep control over this stuff. And it's like, no, they wanted to to do it so that we could have everybody else's balls in a vice grip. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, they realized through some of their creations that, uh, plutonium was very dangerous Oh yes. and, uh, detrimental to, to the environment, but, but it provides the necessary 1.21 gigawatts of electricity that makes time travel possible. That is true. If that is how time travel works. Hey, um, uh, Doc Brown, you're invited on the show. <laughs> Explain it. Doc Brown, come on out. Uh, but uh, DuPont has 150 research and development facilities located in China, Brazil, India, Germany, and Switzerland. With currently? an average investment currently. Yeah. With an average investment of $2 billion annually in, in a device, di- <laughs> in a diverse <laughs> range of technologies for many markets, including agriculture, genetic traits, biofuels, automotive, construction, electronics, chemicals, and industrial materials. Wow. They have vested interest in all of those industries. They employ more than 10,000 scientists and engineers, so they have to be the best of the world. If you think about it. So where are they getting their training? No. Well, they should be the best in the world. They don't have to be the best in the world. They say they're the best in the world. Well, they're going to find the best in the world because they could probably pay the best. <laughs> That's, that would be my guess. Yeah, but what's the best in the world, dude? It's like, it's like yeah. some of the highest, most prestigious colleges in the world. The best in the world are probably dead for trying to tell people this stuff is dangerous. That's quite quite possible, yes. (laughs) But they ended up buying, they've they've purchased so many companies. Oh, and Greg Proops. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry for this interruption. Greg Proops. Greg Proops would dig this kind of an article. Yes. Um, Yeah, shout out the Smartest Man in the World podcast. Dude, he was- Or Proopcast, I guess. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was a a great show. We'll we'll talk about him later. Which I'm actually listening to one of his episodes today. I'm kind of in the middle of it. Nice. I need to do that. Um, It was, I think it's called Fez- his, okay. his episode names are ridiculous. Nice. Yeah, you'll appreciate reading That's all great. those. Good. Um, so 
they have bought so many different companies. DuPont has at this point. They yeah. are, they're just like a, and oh, dude, this was awesome. Um, here's how they've been able to buy up companies. The top institutional holders in DuPont, Wilmington Trust Company, State Street Corporation, Barclays Bank, yep. um, AXA Financial, FMR Corporation, Taunus Corporation, Wellington Management Company, Vanguard Group, Morgan Stanley, yeah. Mellon Bank, Vanguard Index 500 Fund, Fidelity, Magellan. I mean, dude, this company has some high-ass stakes. Uh, they're run and owned by banks, basically. Yes, right. All the shareholders of this company are the banking company. Like, yeah. it's all banking. Yeah, yeah. It's mind-blowing to think about it that way and then go, oh, that's how it's all being trickled and and, and worked. It makes the article I read make sense. And so, um, yeah, anyway, they work with Monsanto. Um, it's crazy, dude. Yeah. Yeah, but for sure. I was looking at just one of the companies, uh, that they bought up. Yeah. That one company. What DuPont? No, no, one, no. One of the companies that the banks bought up. No, it was a company that DuPont bought up. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Okay. And they were located overseas, but they, they were, they held 9,000 Plus nine thousand three hundred plus patents. Active this patents. company did. Yes. So that's one of the things that I've been Suddenly thinking about DuPont a lot. Owns all of those. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. There's people buying up these companies that do have uh, the rights to certain patents, which is mm. just people's ability to see information that is progress. I guess you well, hold. Uh, it's it's not. Uh, yeah. I it's guess like it's like technology pack. It's ability. It's it's people's ability to make money off of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's ability to see it, you know, because I don't know that it's it grants you a license to keep all that secret. Well, it puts you in a position of holding all does, this information yeah. and you releasing it according to As your you own see choice, fit. right? Which, right. in my opinion, which is different than open source. It slows down progress, yeah, and does. that to me is a crime against humanity. But um, that's just an opinion. Well, well, uh, <laughs> it's it's not wrong. It's just interesting, but they're very much in bed with food companies such as Nestle, PepsiCo, which, I mean, you got to think about like, what are these companies doing? Why do they exist? What is their sole goal? And it's to make money. They're public traded companies. All of them are. Which is understandable. Like from a business point, you can be like, yes, that's, that's, you got to make money. But then you come across articles like that, this one that I wanted to share with you. Yeah. Um, And this can be an extra long. We can cut some of this out. We can edit this how it needs if it goes Disclaimers. I'm sorry. No, this is interesting. I think people like it. Okay, so DuPont went to court this week defending its use of C8, the chemical that spread from the companies. Sorry, I was like, oh, what are we we jumping into now? But this is the original story. I asked you about DuPont and you went off on this. Okay, okay, got it. No, 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 please, please continue. Um, (laughs) So they're going to court to defend what? Their use of a chemical compound called C8 um, that spread from the company's Parker Park. Parkersburg, West Virginia plant into the drinking water of some 80,000 people in West Virginia no, and Ohio. No, Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They went to court to defend their right to use this yes. chemical that spilled into the ocean. They're not going to court to say they didn't do anything wrong. They're just going to court saying, we have every right to use this. It, oops, it's an accident. It got into the drinking water, but it's not illegal for us to be using this chemical, right? Exactly. That's what's coming up. Okay. Exactly. So a jury in Columbus, Ohio, is now hearing the case of Carla Bar- Bartlett, a 59-year-old woman who developed kidney cancer after drinking C8-contaminated water for more than a decade. Whoa. Yeah. Oh. So, so it definitely was not something that DuPont did not know about. Well, think about how many people that we know get cancer. Yeah. 
do you ever go, well, what's the source of it? Are, are you going to go track down all the poisons and where all the toxins and all the things that caused you to get cancer? Most people don't really backwards engineer the source of their cancer. Mm-hmm. So this woman, uh, Carla oh, Bartlett is basically blaming this company or she's one of the people stepping forward to, and there's more than just her to, um, uh, go up against DuPont, DuPont for yeah. contaminating their water source. I believe, um, hold on. I, I believe it was called a civil action. Um, there's a John Travolta movie in the, the late nineties or something like that. Hold on. Let me look at this. Yeah. Civil action. Um, it's a, uh, book, a 1996 book, but then the movie came out in 1998 starring John Travolta. And I believe oh, nice. this is exactly what this is about. Oh, um, interesting. You know, contaminated water supplies and, and John Travolta's character is a lawyer that's going after uh, a big corporation. And I, I, he, I want to say he probably gets, gets, you know, terrorized a little bit and, you know, intimidated and all that. Isn't that what Aaron Brockovich is about as well? Yes. Yeah. yeah right. My, my, but she um, works there. My sister, Didn't dude, she? this case, yeah, yeah, she worked. She yes. worked there. There was a slightly different, different motive uh, for the the lead character. Yeah, my sister was working on a documentary, uh, similar situation where there's a company in outside of Corpus that is polluting the drinking water of a very poor town that doesn't have uh, city services on purpose. It's a city that is basically there to work and sustain what is the reason the company's there or the factory is there. It's, so this factory a, is it's contaminating. A mining, it's a mining town. It's basically. Yeah. So the, all of their water sources contaminated it. My sister was doing a documentary on it and she even was getting pressure from this company. She went and did a tour there just to kind of see what their facil- facilities were like. But she was, there were not necessarily direct threats, but they were insinuated <laughs> conversational like, it'd be horrible if something were to happen to you kind of things. Like, you know, a lot of people along these back roads over here, shit. sometimes they, they go right off those roads. You never, you never know when a drunk driver is going to lose control of that car. Boom, 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 cowboy hat. Oh my God. Cowboy well, hats and well, money. Dang. Well, uh, sorry. I didn't mean to go that rabbit hole. Yeah. Wow. But it's true. It makes me feel that way. That's your sisters, um, bro. I, well, <laughs> that's what these people do. Like they are trying to defend, like when people start poking in, yeah. like if you're a factory owner and you're fucking being blamed for, clearly contaminating something yes. you are you can't deny you can't we have proof that there are chemicals in our water and you are the only fucking factory around here that uses these chemicals it's like every, it it's like if everyone was naked in a white room and one person absolutely had explosive diarrhea and just <laughs> went everywhere and yeah. they were trying to pretend that it wasn't from them you can't do that it wasn't everyone me. knows. It was well there's That's a dirty a, ass right there. There's a movie uh there's a movie called Rocket Man starring nice. Harlan Williams in which uh <laughs> they're they're they become the first team to land on Mars and there's a point where the uh commander and he have to share an air hose because they're you know, there's like an emergency and they're going back and Harlan Williams farts in his spacesuit. Oh no. And he's like walking around and it's like fucking he keeps he's got gas and it's going and going and then suddenly it starts to creep through the air filter. Oh uh, no. The air hose and the other guy's like smelling it and he is full on denying it the entire movie. The rest of the movie is like it really wasn't me. Maybe it was Julie. And Julie's in in another astronaut suit 
across like you know miles at the the, no way it could be her well how do we know dude what if you can smell somebody else's fart in space even if you're in a suit what if it's not even real it's just a costume and everyone knows it you know it's a disney movie i will say it's a disney movie so we did see the big old space suit and then the 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 thing the little air bubble moved (laughs) through the hose you know like typical disney cartoon cartoon, kitty style it's like if a rat went into a garden hose and just started like climbing through it you'd see the ball the bulge right like a like a snake digesting yes right Exactly. So Bartlett is the first of some 3,500 personal injury and 37 wrongful death claims stemming from the 2005 settlement of a class action suit filed on behalf of people who live near the plant. So over 3,500 people have come forward about getting sick from this contaminated shit. Okay, wait a minute. So they came to a settlement in 2005 in court, and now there's a new lawsuit that stemmed from... What, Ways DuPont broke that the settlement from 2005? Uh, yes. Is that what's going on? Yes. So it's uh, uh, stemming from the 2005 settlement of a yeah. class action suit filed on behalf of the people. So apparently um, they may have had to, maybe, maybe they said they were going to make changes and yeah. they still from that time haven't made any changes in the okay. last 10 years. I and mean, that's 10 years. The water's still being tested over there. So Yeah, that's that's weird. Man, talk yeah. about talk about. Uh, just trying to brush it off and not a good people, time to be a chemical company. Yeah, no, they they just they don't they hope people get. Uh, excuse me, hope people forget about it. We hope the people, Ian, just keep watching TV, keep eating McDonald's, keep drinking their Coca Cola and Pepsi, and their contaminated. Keep water. drinking their water and keep going to work and don't think none the wiser. Right, <laughs> don't think none the wiser. Exactly. <laughs> so another trial over the chemical. Um, which for decades decades was used in the production of Teflon and many other products is scheduled for November. So together, the bellwether cases, six in all, are expected to give attorneys on both sides a sense of whether the rest of the claims will proceed or settle and for how much. Wow. Yeah. So right now they're going to kind of determine what kind of, how can we make this go away? We'll present our sides and... So they're going to go to court and ask the court, okay, so there's obviously all these lawsuits coming, so we can either go through this or what can we do in order to make this all go away? And the court's going to tell them that? Exactly. Wow. So I think, I'm, I'm like saying going, exactly, like but going I... to your you know. parents and being like, okay, so I did something wrong, but if I tell you... Can it be less of a punishment? I mean, that's that's the equivalent of what he's doing, no? Of what yeah, doing, I mean, right? those are plea deals. That's yeah, what happens, right, you right. know. Ah, oh, Jesus. Um, Bartlett's attorneys, including Robert Billet, <clears throat> who has been working on C8 since taking the case of a West Virginia farmer named Wilbur Tennant in 1999, argue that Dupont is guilty of negligence, battery, and infliction of emotional harm for exposing Bartlett to C8 in her drinking water. Yeah. Dupont's attorneys, who summarize their case in an open in opening arguments, and will represent their witness. Witnesses later in the trial insist that the company bears no responsibility for the kidney tumor for which Bartlett was treated in 1997. So they're saying that the tumor itself was not caused by whatever they put in the water. They are not saying that they didn't put anything in the water that caused it. They're saying your cancer is not our fault. Exactly. So here's a quote. Nobody at DuPont expected that there would be any harm from the extremely low levels of C8 that were reached in the community. Said DuPont's attorney, Damon. Or so they knew. Damon, r- Damon Mace in his opening argument. That's his name. Da- oh, Damon. God damn it. Damon? God Damon. Damon? Yeah, it's Damon Mace. I was looking at like Damon. 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 Um, but even 
even a microscopic, minuscule amount of any of those chemicals <clears throat> in our drinking water should be unacceptable. Unacceptable. Absolutely. Positively. God damn right, Ian. Yes. I mean, <laughs> fuck. I don't know how else to like agree with that. It's like, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, we have all these technologies and we have to, you know, certain things have certain wastes and runoffs and all that kind of stuff. But when we were not doing all of this stuff and everybody was living by the by the oceans and by the rivers and by natural springs and all that kind of stuff. Like we didn't have this. The only reason your water got contaminated is if it's in a container that's contaminated or in a stream that somebody's shitting in or Dude. bleeding in or dying in. You know, Speaking of like- dams, damnation on Netflix. Have you seen that documentary? No. Dude. But I oh imagine it's my gosh. About dams. It talks about damming, damming all the rivers of the U.S. have yeah. been damned by these corporations that have literally been putting factories. So they dam them up so they can use the water for. Yeah. Uh, for contaminating uh, profit uh, yeah. reasons, um, which has fucked the ecosystem of yeah. the rivers. Doesn't mean it can't self pre- or uh, build itself back up. <laughs> it will. Up. That's the thing. Far longer than us, everything will eventually go back to the way that it was. Dude, it's like it's like right now oh, people are not, playing though. cleanup duty from the last one hundred years of things that companies like Dupont are doing. Yeah. Um, People are having to play cleanup now. And wh- I mean, just check it out. Damnation is amazing. It's great. And it gives you good insight on what, how important the river systems are to these companies and nice. why they end up polluting fucking downstream, yeah. you know, people who drink from those water sources. Yeah. Uh, the company's defense hinges on the contention that uh, company employees did not realize C8 was dangerous at the time Bartlett was exposed. Despite hundreds of internal documents detailing DuPont's knowledge that the chemical posed risks to both animals and humans. When evidence of its harm did emerge, said Mace, it was too late. Nothing that happened after 1997 would have allowed DuPont to go back and do things any differently than had already been done, end quote. What a dick. But it doesn't mean that they can't stop what they're doing and change it from this point forward. They're still polluting. You're still still crazy about this. That's the problem. Oh, it's ridiculous. The particular threats posed by the chemical were detailed by the findings of a panel of scientists who in 2012 determined that C8 exposure at the level measured in six water districts, at least 0.05 parts per billion, was more likely than not linked with six illnesses. Preeclampsia, the hell is that? Whoa. Uh, yeah, preeclampsia with two E's. I mean, what the hell is clampsia then? Jesus. Oh, or it's and postclampsia. Preeclampsia or preeclampsia? Yeah, P R E E clampsia. Yeah. No, I think you're right. <laughs> I've um, heard it before. I don't know what it is. Ulcerative colitis. Oh, okay. High cholesterol, thigh disease, testicular cancer. Damn. And Bartlett's disease, kidney cancer. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So in, 2000, in uh, the 2005 class action settlement requires DuPont to accept C8's links to these diseases, and that argument forces the company's attorneys to walk a legal tightrope over ca- casualty. So while they must admit that C8 can cause kidney cancer, they deny it caused Bartlett's particular cancer. Oh, my God. <laughs> As Mace told the jury, kidney cancer occurs every day all across this great country of ours. Why? He then pointed out that Bartlett who weighs 230 pounds, displayed one of the major risk factors for the cancer, which is obesity. (laughs) Right, sure, of course. I mean, you find a way to link any sort of, well, no, I'm not even going to, link anything except you. Pass the blame to to your To their illness, and and it's... Forget the fact that we're polluting your water. Right, exactly. (laughs) It's not about, it's not about, 
but uh, see, that's the stupid part on, on us then. Um, and it's not stupid because I know many smart people out there are trying to figure out how to hit these companies exactly where they need to be hit to win. Um, it's just right in their oily balls. <clears throat> well, that's the thing. You've, you've got to, you've got to know what, what specific action or what specific moment you can hit them with. Um, so if this lady's cancer is part of like the, the core argument for this particular thing, then yes, I can understand how it's easy for them to just tear her down and, and discredit the whole thing. So it, it, the point of the matter isn't that her particular cancer was or was not caused by it. The fact is you're putting chemi- cancer-causing chemicals in our water and dude and in our foods like that's the it's thing okay dude here's the thing about it here's what's so here's the audacity of all this shit is this is a company who umbrellas f- nutrition companies yeah that are that are changing the DNA of plants that are now linked to things that are cancer causing. Like they work with Monsanto who work, who's a chemical co- corporation. They I mean, are. dude, you're talking about a company who is trying to defend themselves and say, Oh, this, this overweight woman. Yes. There's a lot of choices that go into people being overweight. I do yes. agree with that. Yes. But at the same time, Look at the world we live in where all these companies have made this fucking mad dash to make so much money. And in the, in, in the, in the wake of all that is people trying to just live life, work their asses off, and they don't have time. So all of a sudden, everyone's everyday life becomes just watered down. And yes, the end result is people malnutrition. They don't take care of themselves. They get sick. And the very things that these people are introducing into a natural environment, yeah. they're trying to fucking pass the bill to someone else that is doing the exact same thing in their industry to the same woman. Right. If you, if you really look at it, think about all the pollution we breathe in. What is that? Yes, it's humans. We're doing it to ourselves essentially, but at the same time, there's people who have profited all the way to the goddamn bank, dude. I hate to be like this passionate about it, Yeah. but that is, this is the result of people who have made money because people want progress, but ultimately it was on a very inferior within inferior methods. So yeah. now it's all polluty stuff. We're not using all this clean energy. We're not using all these things that would benefit mankind instead of harm it, you know? And the result is this stupid, it's interesting to come across an article like this yeah. where it's like, whoa, it's all based on someone just trying to say, hey, I'm I've, I'm going to chase down some way to get my medical expenses right. cov- covered by the companies who are sick. responsible. I am incredibly sick. I cannot afford to pay for this and it's probably going to kill me. Um, but this is not my fault. So people who, who caused this need to need to make reparations. I mean, that's what, <laughs> that's what Greg Proops was saying the other day. He's got a, a list that he's starting to come out with of what he would do if he was elected president. And he's got, you know, day by days and it's, it's comedically based and everything like that. But he's saying, he's spouting some truth. One of the things on there was reparations for everybody. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the, the African-Americans for all the years of slavery and all that shit, women for equal pay, Native Americans, all Native Americans for displacing them and the slaves anywhere and, and everywhere, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Reparations for everybody. And, and that's, it's, it's great. You know what? It's, it's, fantastic for somebody to make such an impact by being so funny yeah. and and clever and able to to just think on his feet so hard but also make some pretty rockin' social commentary on something that he could, might as well just be sitting in his own living room with a microphone for yeah. all we know you know i mean he just he sat up there and spouted off for an hour yeah by himself 
talking about these things that he found fascinating and, and, and giving his opinions on them, most, most of which a lot of people in the room agreed with, it would seem, based on the little spurts Well, of he's applause, giving truth know? about all the things he was talking about. Like, it was just, I think it's sobering. I think that's why people like comedians so much is they say, I mean, what they said in the Todd Glass show is they flip reality upside down on its head for yeah. people and people accept it because it's the reality people deep down know is yeah. going on. Like no one could agree. Like there's so many people that work for DuPont. I'm sure half of them have no idea about these articles. Right. I mean, they secretaries no and janitors and parking attendants do not necessarily think about what, what their, their company they is doing. They have no idea. And, and again, everyone has to make a living. So there's so many people working that aren't directly doing any of this shit that work for these companies. So there are far not more people working that aren't directly responsible for it. But I would say people that do work for DuPont, if they do know about this stuff, yeah. they should absolutely be ringing the alarm bells together, unified <clears throat> to fucking have the, the behaviors of their company. If you're polluting uh, water sources for people, 80,000 yeah. plus people, just that alone. I mean, I don't know how you justify, well, we've got to make all these products and it's going to slow our productivity down for yeah. money. Yeah. You know, it's like, I get that. But, but it's not even money for most of those people making those choices. It's money for, it's money for the people who uh, have their name on the building, you it's, know? It's accepting, it's accepting collateral damage. And I don't think that's acceptable. No. I think that's a very... It's the same reason Poor war mentality. should be unacceptable because uh, war yes. always ends in collateral damage. Assassinations, not so much. I mean, I understand how, you know, for the good of something, one person might need to be taken out, but wars are not not at all. Well, I mean, I shouldn't even say that. You shouldn't ever have to no. take somebody out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, sorry. No, I mean, hmm. it's not exactly what I mean, but there's not really very often collateral damage in, you know, a, a sniper shot through a, a bedroom window or something like that. You know yeah. what I mean? So that if we have to go, you know, lesser of two evils, um, which is never the way to look at the world. Don't do that, people. Well, I mean, it's like the the funniest thing about, like even thinking about that, like a sniper existing, war existing, is you kind of just, like you source it all back to th people just creating industries and needing to Why maintain them. Why should it be necessary to do that? Yes. You've got to maintain the war industry. It, it's the biggest industry that exists. Yeah, yeah. As far as we know, in history of mankind, it is the highest paid across the board global empire that exists. Bigger it's than anything we could ever imagine. But see, it's always all throughout the history that we're taught, um, the the victor of all these stories is always the one with the bigger army. Yeah. And and of course they are always the greatest, but you know why they're the greatest? Because they won. If the other people had won, they'd be the greatest and they would brag about it and they would all of history would do, would reflect these people as being the bad guys all of a sudden. You like, scrub the history books and I, I want I'm curious as to what a German history book has to say about World War II. I know mm -hmm. some German people. I should ask them kind of what they learned about about World War II, like, uh, are Americans like terrorist dogs and, you know, all this kind of shit? All the way, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Follow the I money. Mean, That's the only way to know. <laughs> follow the rich white man. <laughs> follow the rich white man. So DuPont also contends that C8 isn't, a isn't as toxic as the plaintiff's claim. As evidence, <laughs> May cited a report produced by the West Virginia Department of Environmental Protection with uh, the help of an industry-funded group and several DuPont employees uh, that set a temporary standard for drinking water safety that was 100 parts per billion PPB. Yet the company's own internal standard for the chemical was one PPB. So that's interesting, right? That C8 isn't as uh, toxic as the plaintiffs claim. The evidence is reported by the West Virginia Department of Environmental Protection, which 
with the help of an industry-funded group, several deponent, with several DuPont employees in it, they are creating the standard for drinking water. And they're polluting the drinking water. Right. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so now say this again. Just that, just not, don't reread the part of the article. Explain, explain it to me again. The, the county, the, the county health department part. Yeah, basically Mace, the dude who's speaking on behalf of DuPont, he's basically saying that, well, based on the West Virginia Department of Environmental Protection. Right, uh, which are a government run agency. Which are a government run agency um, with also the help of industry funded groups and one and several of their employees are DuPont employees. Um, So think about that. Several of the industry funded groups. Yes. So several of the group that, that, also worked with the Department of Environmental Protection. Yeah. There are DuPont employees. So basically they're all working together on the same project, um, which was just creating the standard for drinking water. Right. So if you and I, Ian, work for DuPont and we're choosing what all these people, what the standard of their water is. I see, I see, um, We can dictate that for whatever's best for our company, DuPont. But- because yeah, we know there's so, going to be runoff. We know there's going to be some sort of collateral damage because that's what's happened throughout history. So in this article, it was saying that the the, the levels in the water were 0.05 parts per billion. Yes, 0.05. And, and this organization said it's acceptable to drink drinking water with this chemical in it at up to 100 parts per 150 billion. 150 parts per 150 billion. 150 parts per billion. Yet DuPont even says that in their internal standards and practices, they they find it anything above one is is unacceptable. So according yes. to DuPont's internal standards and the state run the state mandate or whatever, um what is in the water is technically far lower than anybody's standards. Exactly. So but the 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 real question that the people should be asking is not <clears throat> is not did they put the the acceptable amount of stuff in there? You know, is that allowed? It's why in the hell is any of it allowed anyways? Exactly. They're, your drinking water should be completely separate from all of these things. It should never, I mean, I guess I'm, I guess recycling and everything like that is great, but not, not if it's leaving things still in the water. I mean, that's the thing is if you're like, if you're a company and you know, you're, uh, product because obviously there's going to be runoff. Like it just, I don't know how you really avoid that. I really don't. Yeah. In my head, I'm just like, I could see DuPont just operating business as usual. They do their best to keep it, you know, clean. So I don't know if they're physically purposefully poisoning people. Right. Um, that's, that's the question I have whenever I read things like this. It's like, do they know and they're doing that purposefully or is it just something that's a result of the fact that they exist in the first place? Um, it's just going to be something you can't contain. It's it's possible. It's I, like what happened in Japan during the during the tsunami. It's like, why? Okay, why the hell was this dangerous ass of a fucking place along the coast that did have a meltdown and now it's polluting our oceans still? Yeah, with ridiculous amounts of radioactive materials killing God knows what. Yeah, that's kind of a, that's like a strange thought to have like that's the first thing i would think about before i you know uh started erecting my little flag on a piece of land to start building something i'd be like what are the potential things that could go wrong that could be detrimental to you know what i mean like that kind of thing goes across my head so i'm like what the hell are they doing in the first place are you talking about why the hell are they setting up nuclear power plants in a place where they need the water to cool their uh systems down yeah but that's why they do it. They need endless supply. No, of water. I understand this. I'm just trying to figure out what your question was. 
No, it's just interesting to see the result of these massive organizations existing, these factories, right. these industries, right. and they're doing so much damage to the environment. And this is stuff, I mean, two years from now, whatever's not on Netflix will be there. That'll probably answer more questions of what we don't know right now. Right. And so everyone's- So if you're, if you're listening to this in 2017, go, yeah. check, go check Netflix, see if more of this kind of stuff is, is out there. And dude, for all I know, there's a badass DuPont fucking documentary being made right now. Who knows? Um, oh, it's possible. Uh, but you know what, DuPont, it would be interesting whether or not it's going to be about DuPont the company is in its present times or uh, whether it would be about DuPont the man who shot the Olympian. Well, I'm sure they've already got their own little piece of propaganda about their company. Well, it's called, well, <laughs> their own. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, they definitely, um, it's just interesting to think, like try to put yourself in their shoes. Like yeah. you, you have all these people that you have to employ it's just part of the thing that's collateral damage and women like miss Bartlett. Well, she was fat and everything else that she does in her life is shitty too. So she could have gotten it from anywhere. So it's not her fault. Yeah. (laughs) It's fucking crazy. So the DuPont lawyer also told the jury about a a study the company conducted that concluded Wilbur, uh, Wilbur Tennant, the West Virginia farmer who sued DuPont over the death of his entire herd of cattle. Now this is back in 2005. Yes. Yes. Um, Basically, uh, he was suing DuPont over the death of his entire herd. Whoa. He was responsible. Uh, they told him that he was responsible for his own cow's deaths. The report failed to disclose that the company had dumped 7,100 tons of C8 contaminated sludge into a landfill near the stream from which tenants' cows drank. Instead, oh, no. Instead, the authors blamed tenants' uh Here's quote, a failure to provide the right supplements for the cattle, end quote. A conclusion Mace repeated in court, adding they had pink eye and many other issues. So never mind the 7,100 tons of sludge uh, contaminated with C8 that happened to be in the same water source as all of his freaking cows. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't their fault. They didn't do that. No, these cows were getting sick on their own and they all died. This is like trying Come to talk on. to a, dude, it's like trying to talk to a fucking child who has like, like paint all over his face. Did you yes. get into the paints? No, I didn't do it with handprints all over the walls. You're like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. This kid's a fucking liar. Right. Like, right. What are you, time out time. You're going to the corner. I mean, that's what this is. When I read these articles, I'm like, these are childish ass people. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you, you this that's why you got to watch your kids, man. If if your child starts to lie when they've got pain <laughs> on their face like that and you don't put a stop to the lying, they're just going to get better. Just at, tell me at, the truth. At, I'm not going to beat you. Right. You're it's going to be obvious to you that they're lying at 4 years old or 2 years old whenever they have pain all over themselves. So the question is, what but freaks a kid out to not tell you the truth? Stones. Sorry, I'm I know. I'm making a fucking point here, bro. I know, I know. I know. But, you know, what's it going to they're just going to find better ways to hide it from you. That's all that's going to happen. They're not going to stop lying. You're not going to just be like, "Oh, it's just a phase. They'll grow out of it." If you don't if you don't put put a stop to it in in whatever way is going to be most effective, you know, be be uh, cons- not considerate is not the right word, but like, you know, be, I would say it stems from the parents, you know, don't be violent. But I mean, what I mean is like the kid is just going to find out, you know, now he's got pain all over his face. Sure. But next time he'll just find out how to not have pain all over his face. And then she can't know instantly that she, he got into the pains. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, what would cause a kid to lie about something? Cause kids lie about stupid shit. So what it's, they know that if they get in trouble, they fear the repercussion of that. So it's like, you, 
can't let your kid have fear of you, you know? Right. So they have to lie to you about something that's obvious. That's weird. Yeah. I, I fear, fear is such a, an interesting word when it comes to parenting. Cause a lot of people, a lot of people do rule with fear. You know, I'm the parent and you will respect me and you will do this or else you'll get the belt or you'll get the, to make this count to three. Doing, you know, it's, uh, what the fuck are you going to do at three? <laughs> um, slap your legs. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, we're going to, uh, I, I, Yes, I think most kids' behaviors stems from the way that they were raised and the examples set before them. But I do think that those things can be can be uh, you know avoided too if if you as a parent are are trying trying to to show them because kids don't automatically know what's what's right and wrong. They learn it from you. They'll right. either watch you do it or not do it, or you can teach them the way that you think is the right way. You know, because people don't act the way that they they speak sometimes. That's true. You That's know. very true. And which is uh, interesting in the case of uh, Mr. Mace. You know, how does he act at home? Is he a monster? A complete monster representing a company who's just lying? Does he pour bleach into just his children's yeah. drinking water? Exactly. What kind of life does he live at home? So, okay. So let's just get to the icing at the end of this thing. But okay. All right. If the chemical were really dangerous, DuPont attorneys contend, government agencies would have regulated it. Bullshit. Bullshit. Because companies like you are the ones that are are behind all these things that get yeah, it's not a new thing. Anyways. It's not a new thing that companies run politics. We yes, all know this. They do. They create the laws that protect them from being monsters of men on our planet. And banks. And banks. Absolutely. It all stems from their head of the goddamn snake. Okay. The implication. Okay. Oh, geez. The implication is that the company was within its rights to dump barrels of the stuff into the ocean as it did in the 1960s. What? <laughs> That's another thing. Side note. Um, and that it was perfectly fine to emit more than 632,000 pounds of the toxic substance directly into the Ohio river as DuPont did over the more, over the more than 50 years at UC eight in West Virginia. Wow. So here's a quote. How many years? 50, over 50 oh years. gosh. So, yes. End quote, Mr. Mace. They were allowed under the law, Mace said, of the plant's river emissions. There's a, there is a difference between emissions from a plant and what an individual is exposed to. There weren't people there right at the pipe. Oh, my gosh. Just because you weren't dumping it into somebody's backyard, do you think that's better? These people are idiots, dude. No, do they not know no, how? They're like, not idiots. Do they they're not very know how? how uh, what what happens when you kick a ball down a hill? But that's just that's it. how water they're not, works. They're not arguing because they think they're right. They're arguing because they think other people are going to find the logic in what they're saying. And uh, the, all they have to do is prove that it might not have been them, and they're off. Well, what they're saying is out of sight, out of mind. Yes. So, but, but that's the. They're not. They're not. Yes, they're not saying it because they're dumb. They're saying it because they know, out of sight, out of mind. Get it out of people's minds and people will forget that we're doing this, especially if they've been doing it since the 60s. Yeah. I mean, come on. More than 632,000 They're not doing this because they're ignorant and they're not saying any of the shit they're saying because they're ignorant. We are allowing it to continue. We're allowing them to continue to say these things because we're ignorant. Picture We're either ignorant or lazy. Imagine 632,000 bags of coffee that you buy, like a, wherever you go, buy coffee. Okay. And someone taking all those beans, one at a time, and dumping it into a river yeah. of a toxic chemical. 
They did that 632,000 times. Wow. In, into a water source. It, and they've been doing it for the past 50 years. So granted, uh, who knows in the 50 years if however many cancers have been reported in West Virginia yeah. were actually not even freaking... That's the thing, is how many people are not even mentioning or coming forward about their cancer or well, anything. Uh, They're just dealing with it. Right, because they don't they don't reverse engineer it. It's crazy, they dude. Don't, they don't piece together what might have caused it. I mean, I, I'd be curious as to, well, you know, Walter's uh, journey, if he had ever had the opportunity to reverse engineer his cancer, where it came from. We'll soon know which argument a jury finds more persuasive, but even if they decide in Bartlett's favor or the company opts to settle the suits, which they'll probably do because that's what they, they all do. Of course they will. Shut up, people. Here's some money poof, in their mouth. Uh, the costs may not fall to DuPont. Facing years of litigation over the chemical and the possibility of federal regulation and thus enormous cleanup liabilities, in July, DuPont spun off its chemical division into a separate company called ChemOrs. Which sounds like chemical wars. Meaning it's going to leave their chemical division flapping in the breeze if the government starts to regulate it. That little small bit of the company is going to suddenly be <clears throat> the focus of it, and they're going to have to go under and therefore not clean this shit up. Boom! Settle, settlement costs... Figured could, it out! Here's the last sentence. You just predicted this yes! shit. Yes! Settlement costs could force Chemors whose stock price has fallen 57% since June, to the brink of, <laughs> of bankruptcy... Or beyond. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sharon Lerner did this article. Uh, again, it's on the Intercept. We'll put a link to it. But yeah, dude, it's... I'm sorry, everybody. I blew out your eardrums with that, that exclamation. But it, that, was, that was it. That was, that's the only logical reason to spin off something that is about to get hit with, with indictments to, to... Indictments is not the right word. Mandates to clean up this shit. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. Anyway, that's, I mean, that's the article I brought. It, it, I think it spun a lot of cool conversations because it, it just, it puts you in this place where you're like, or it puts me in a place where I'm like, yeah, people just need to be accountable yeah. and actually just fucking fess up for what you're doing and change it and stop it and realize, oh, we don't have to keep being hungry, hungry hippos and keep eating everyone else and harming <laughs> everyone else's. We're all in this white room together. Why is someone taking shits all over the place and trying to pretend it's not their part of their, you know, they're not, there's, okay, in a room of a hundred people, there's three people taking multicolored shits in the room and everyone else is getting sloppy on it and oh, getting pissed man. about it. Like Think rainbow, of it that way. Rainbow colored shits. Rainbow colored. Uh, shout out. To, uh, <laughs> <laughs> shout <laughs> out Ronnie Rotten. <laughs> she told us some stories. Oh, um, but yeah, I mean. That was uh, awesome. Dude, I thought it would be cool uh, to just give one more shout out to a podcast uh, stuff you should know. They talked about Rodney Dangerfield's nice. entire kind of his life. They dove into that and I thought it was beautiful. There was things I didn't know about him and I respect him even more. He, he was always in my head, like the, the kind of sweaty, gross uncle that just would show up drunk and tell, tell funny ass, like one liner jokes or whatever. Rodney Dangerfield. That's who he was. I mean, nice. that's who he was as a person, like in his career, I'm sure at home he was much different and he had different thoughts uh, that he didn't present to people, but sure. Of course. Um, his comedy dude, they kind of, uh, started off telling the story and then entered in the middle of it, they would read off Rodney Danger quotes nice, or, or his comedy bits. And they're fucking so good, dude. So I decided to look some up um, as an extension and a shout out to uh, Stuff You Should Know Nice um, to also pay homage to a brilliant dude, Rodney Dangerfield. Um, so here's a couple of his jokes I thought maybe you'd enjoy. Hell yeah. I met the Surgeon General. He offered me a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. I remember the time I was kidnapped and they sent the piece of my finger to my father. He said he wanted more proof. 
Whoa. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, let's see. I'm going to see if I can find some they didn't read. I think that one was one they did. My cousin's gay. He went to London only to find out that Big Ben was a clock. What? <laughs> nice. My cousin's gay. The he gay. went to London only to find out that Big Ben was a clock. <coughs> Big Ben was a clock. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Uh, okay, I'll do one more. Uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> This is great. This morning when I put on my underwear, I could hear the fruit of the loom guys laughing at me. <laughs> nice. He always made fun of himself, basically. Self-deprecating. Oh, dude, yeah. He, yeah, it's it's cool to like dig into people that you kind of grew up seeing in this distancey kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, like DuPont, it's like, I didn't know some of this shit about them. Gosh, right. I'm glad I knew that. Now I'm, I'm glad I know, know. I'm glad I know what you're telling me about uh, about Dupont and uh, West Virginia. And dude, they've they've created so many different fabrics. If you think about it, Teflon, uh, nylon, all these different things, neoprene. I didn't rubbers. Dude, I didn't think about this, but people have have moved away from Ooh. certain clothing yeah. because they're toxic to your body. And this company is creating something that touches your skin, and your skin, your body does actually soak it in, and it's it's found in your bloodstream. So that's why a lot of the industry has moved away from a lot of the different fabrics and stuff like nylon and stuff like that. Um, so the swish swishing has, what's, uh, what's neoprene neoprene, I believe is like a, see, that's what I'm trying to look up, but Google's being a little, uh, it's, uh, it's a synthetic rubber, um, produced by polymer polymerization, polymerization, polymerization of chloroprene. Neoprene exhibits good chemical oh. stability and maintains flexibility over a wide temperature range. Oh, okay, so it's uh, uh, like wetsuit material. Laptop sleeves, orthopedic oh, braces, yeah, 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 yeah. knee braces, electrical insulation, all that stuff. I've got, uh, I've got some bike pants that are made of neoprene, I suppose. Yeah. Or, or a neoprene-like Because it gets so hot there whenever you're riding your bike. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, they're, they're meant to keep me warm. Yeah, they for, would be for like the winter months. Keep the muscles going. Something like that. Wow. DuPont owns that. That's cool. I mean, it's, 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 it's an interesting connection. Uh, it's that the cool part is something that I didn't know. It's, it's crazy to think they had this huge Watch market. Watch out stuff you should know. They had this huge market in the, in this, what, 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah. With those fabrics that people have now strayed from because yeah. we know what those products are doing. Yeah. So yeah. people are more conscientious about how these things are affecting our bodies. And Miss Bartlett, uh, shout out to you. Hopefully, uh, you fight your cancer, you win and you win more than just that. Uh, DuPont becomes, uh, a little more transparent about what they're doing and, and yeah. just own up to it. You, you win, you definitely win the open eyed respect of high dare for what you're doing. Definitely. You know, I mean, it's, you and everybody else who's been affected by this. I mean, that's, that's, that's some bull. 4,500 other people. That's, that's and some real bull. Probably now more because these things are coming to light. Now more people are like, oh, there's a whole well, thing going on. Like the Cosby ladies. I mean, it's like last I heard it was like up to 55 people. Damn. I mean, Damn. right, right. 55 people. And there's still people defending him. And it's, you know what? I don't know what they would be defending. I, to be fair, I don't know that they're, they're, what parts they're defending. His but comedy. You can't deny his comedy. He yes. was a fucking hilarious dude. Like yes. Very... It's just unfortunate that it's just kind of like, oh, damn. Well, See, I feel people's art. Oh, well. I feel people's art deserves to be judged outside. Horatio Horacio uh, <laughs> said this the other day. Like John Wayne Gacy. I mean, that dude was messed up. 
but his artwork is still art. It's still an expression yes. of what was going through his head at that moment that was not hurting anybody. So it, it's not something that should be should be crusaded against or anything like that. Like I I feel that yes. Uh, I mean, 55 people. I mean, it's kind of overwhelming that something has probably gone on in that we don't know about as far as Bill Cosby's personal life has gone. But I do think that his art, just like Michael Jackson's art, just like a lot of, just like John Wayne Gacy's art, has the right to be judged separately from the individual. Because if you do, if we didn't have the news, if we didn't have all this stuff, all we would have are Michael Jackson's albums and videos. Yeah. All we would have are Bill Cosby's tapes and 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 movies and all that kind of stuff. Like we would not know all of this stuff. So I that's that's the part that I feel is a shame about this whole thing that's going on with Bill Cosby. It's not about the scandal of it. I understand that is, that is likely what has gone on is all that kind of stuff. But man, Bill Cosby, the comedian, like every time I go and listen to a record, that's always going to be in my head because it's drummed into my head. Bill Cosby's got to be a a villain now. He's a demon. You know, everybody's like, you know, making him into this horrible, horrible person and his art is wrong. If you like it at this point, you know, I, and I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and take that because it's, it's, it made me laugh. It taught me what comedy was. It, it, you know, the, those kinds of things. Michael Jackson taught me what, what a lot of, of my own, taste in music was going to end up being yeah you know so whether he whether he, he was gave, the king whether he gave little boys jesus juice or not you know this is the king of pop that is none of my business it's the court's business sure if that family decided they're going to sue him for it it's their business but it's not mine yeah i my business is the music your business is your business and our business is show business i don't even know there's no means. business like show yeah. business oh dude also uh i was gonna just say real quick uh, last night the Emmys happened. Happy birthday! Uh, the Emmys did happen. Yeah. Yes, I, I know nothing about what happened at the Emmys. I don't either. We saw a bunch of people at this hotel. Like, they were all dressed. super dressed up. That's, that's Penguins everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I I get it. There were people that were walking down the street that we saw, you know, way later in the evening, um, that were wearing tuxedos, and I imagine they might have gone to the Emmys. But, you know, people getting all dressed up to go out to a party that they probably paid a couple hundred dollars for their tickets for and get all dressed up just to watch them on TV. I don't I don't entirely understand that. I mean, you know, it's just part of the industry. It's like all those writers that we watched that writers panel and they were talking about who cares about the Oscars and all right. these things and they're all just like All of them did. We all do because it's them, them being able to them- like for them, it's recognition. It's recognition by their peers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, but the thing is, there's things about it, um, like, like our peers. I mean, we only care about the recognition and the 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 you know, the reaction of things from our peers, the people who are are listening. But it's, I'm gonna cut this out. <laughs> you just totally shut down on it. I did. I did. I killed it. That's okay. Sometimes, was, I mean, dude, there's was, nothing wrong the, with that. That's the equivalent of uh, that part. I think in, that should be, that should be something you keep in the shows is <sighs> when you stop talking, when like when you just ke- don't even care about a topic anymore yeah, that you're talking about, yeah, just, I'm just, I'm going to cut this out. It's done. You should just leave it in. <laughs> yeah. Just, Cause it's good up until then. Cause I, I, I mean, I'm listening, I'm taking it in, you know, but you're absolutely right. You know, yeah. I also don't miss the topic. <laughs> What's, um, what do you think, what do you think we should try and, uh, strive for in this second year of high dare coming up? Uh, 
I think continuously molding our shows into funner and funner things. You know, I think we should go and do more. That's not a word. That's not a word. You want you want to hear one more uh, Rodney Dangerfield joke? Yeah, let's close it out with uh, one more Rodney. All right. Some dog I got too. We call him Egypt because in every room he leaves a pyramid. Speaking oh, of poops, geez. yeah, <laughs> poops. We mentioned explosions. See that I mean that's that's the same like pet pet owners just like parents, man. I mean, if you don't want your dog to do something, you find the way that your dog will stop doing it and do it. You have to you got to put in a little bit of work to be able to relax. You can't just get a dog and be like, "Oh, the dog's automatically going to be, you know, potty trained and all this kind of stuff." You know, your parents did that when you were a kid to your your childhood dog. It wasn't yeah. just magic. Yeah, you'd be shitting everywhere. You don't remember that. The kids uh, the kids only remember the playtimes. Exactly. You know, my mom was always the one to to pick up the dog. My backyard was the dog than messes. Your backyard. Seriously, like she we had a nice backyard because my mom every every day almost would go out there with uh or every couple of days would go out there with Kroger bags and like <laughs> and she'd put up, you know, she would just pick up the shits. Collect the <laughs> collect the feces. She did. She, she didn't did. want y'all tracking that shit in the house. Shout out Watson. Legit. That was uh, that was our dog. Oh, Watson. Watson. I'll, put a, I'll put a I'll put a post a picture of him up there because you know Maddie. I mean, we've put some pictures of Maddie up. Is Watson know. still around? No, no. Oh. Watson's Watson's been gone probably ten years now. Dude, I say, I don't even. Wanna, I can't talk about this because I I can't imagine life without Maddie. No, I mean that's that's not something you'll have to imagine for a while. Yes, I hope not. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Dude. It was good. Well, it was uh, fun. Fi- officially, calendar happy birthday, man. Uh, uh, hi, dear. You as well. You as and, well. And and listeners, you know, we we've got fifty one episodes. Uh, next week, who knows what you're gonna hear? We uh, we might uh, we might just change up the whole show. We might come back and might be different hosts. Who no. knows? You know, <laughs> it's gonna be a whole new year. It'll just be Todd Glass uh, guest it appearing is. We're just for gonna, us. We're just gonna play an episode of the Todd Glass show. <laughs> Which I, you know, I thought about it. I was like, do you think he thought and decide ultimately decided against calling his show the Todd Glass Podcast? No, I think he probably was all in on it. See, but he doesn't call it that. That's what I mean. Do you think that? Do you think that it was something he just didn't think of, or do you think he was like, I don't think I want to name my show that because it's going to get like tongue twistery. Let's call it the Todd Glass Show. I, I feel like he probably knew that people would call it that anyway. The Todd Glass Podcast. I don't think people call it that. I think people call it the Todd Glass show because that's what it's called. I just thought about it. I was like, I was like, was that, do you think that was ever an option? Do you listen to like, the Todd Glass podcast? Todd Glass podcast? No, I think people say the Todd Glass show. Say they're, not fa- gonna say, okay, they're not going to say, hey, you listen to the Millie McCormick podcast. They're going to say the Millie McCormick listening hour. Okay, let's quickly do a contest. Let's see how quick, uh, how, many, how many can you say before you just start falling apart? As Todd Glass as podcast? Yeah. <laughs> okay. The talk, uh, the Todd Glass podcast, Todd Glass podcast, Todd Glass podcast, Todd Glass podcast, Todd Glass. There it is. There it is. All right. So what did I get? Four, four full ones. Okay. Yeah, it was four. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Maddie, no more barking. She doesn't like the word Todd Glass. Sorry, Todd. Uh, Okay, here we go. Todd Glass podcast. Todd Glass. I did it. I win. Damn it. I win. That's okay. Um, so with that with that victory, I'm going to go out on my high horse. Oh, he's holding a flag <laughs> up in the air. For this week on High Dare, everybody, I'm Ian. And I'm Joe and Nirvana. Nirvana. We got to go. go. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Hi Dare Pod. And get your ass online because uh, Hi Dare.com misses you.